0: Hello, hello, my name is Clark Heron, a.k.a. The Harry Hubble, and welcome to episode 12 of A.K.A. Sports. And with me, finally, this week, after getting some technical difficulties figured out, I've got my man with me, Mr. Fletch. Fletch, I'm glad that you survived the internet apocalypse that you had issues (laughs) over there with. Uh, Hopefully you had a good weekend. Uh, Was there anything uh, unusual this weekend that you saw in the world of sports that maybe you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, man, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back. You know how the internet goes; it works when it wants to. So, um, but uh, uh, not not in particular this week. This was, week was it was entertaining. We got a lot going on with basketball uh, getting started. We got baseball uh, deep deeper into the playoffs now. Yes. Um, a little bit of college football, some pro football. Um, I mean, it's a lot going on. We had a big fight, uh, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend prior. So. Um, yeah, man, Lots lot of stuff going on, but nothing weird. What, what you got going on this week, man?
0: I did find an article today. I really was going to actually bring up the fight right here and now, but I'm going to save that because I saw okay. this very interesting article on ESPN that maybe you've seen, maybe you haven't. Uh, it's talking about Barcelona's Pedri, if you know who that is. He's a soccer player. Uh, they just signed him to a deal that included a club record. Uh, let me get this right. 1.5 billion. That's a B billion dollar release clause in the contract now do you know what a release clause is because i didn't know i had to look it up
1: no fill me in fill me in
0: so over in soccer land obviously we saw this happen with some of the more notable names uh cristiano ronaldo when he went to yante or yentes or Gen or Yon or I- Juventus. I got yeah, you. Yeah, got me exactly. <laughs> uh, basically, there's a release clause. So basically, what happens is each one of these players can typically be signed by another club at any given time. Unlike in baseball, where they have to have a contract and all that fun jazz. But they can right. be signed by any other con- other club at any time. However, they have to meet the release clause amount. So Mm -hmm. if another club wants to sign Mr. Pedri from Barcelona, they're going to have to shell out $1.5 billion in order for that to happen, which typically, based on the article that I read, most of these release clauses are up in the stratosphere of numbers because obviously they don't want any other club to actually sign these players. But it's just insane. $1.5 billion. If you want his services, you can pay that much to bring him over to your club. So, yes, that was the more interesting article that I've seen wow. this week. Crazy, crazy. That's talent.
1: very crazy. That's a lot of cash. That's a Is that 1.5 billion? Is that U.S. dollars?
0: That is correct. So 1. Okay. 5, it would be 1 billion even in euros, but exactly. 1.5 billion in U.S. dollars, which, again, insane. Just
1: still insane. I mean, odds are, when you reach Barcelona, that's like the pinnacle of soccer. If you make it to that club, you're probably not going anywhere else unless your name is Messi or uh, Neymar. And, you know, those guys are like the face of the sport. That's a little different. I don't know who this Pedri cat is. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe it's another young legend in the making. We don't know. I guess we'll find out soon, huh, Clark?
0: (laughs) He is. And that article, he's 19 years old. And he had a er trimester. A tremendous early month or first six months of his career based on that article. So it seems like maybe the next up-and-coming superstar. And, uh, I mean, they put a billion dollars on him, so why not? Exactly. so we will see how that shakes out and like you mentioned we have uh, quite a bit to get to today Uh, let's go ahead and first let everybody know if you're watching on youtube thank you very much if you're listening to us on the podcast there are other ways to listen to us as well just simply go to anchor.fm slash aka sports or simply follow us on facebook.com slash aka sports fb so let's go ahead and dig into the news and notes and the first big piece of news that came out on Monday night during the Monday night football game uh, was the then Raiders head coach John Gruden more emails came out the week before there was an email that came out and it was talking about NFL PA executive director DeMora Smith uh, not the greatest light I will say uh, John Gruden stated some things that are uh, I will not restate because it's just unnecessary and everybody's seen it at this point um, but He was allowed to apologize for it. He stayed with a team he shouldn't have, in all seriousness. And he shouldn't have been allowed to coach on Sunday, but that's my two cents. But during the Monday night football game, it was announced that he was allowed to resign from the L.A. Raiders uh, after more and more emails come out, which, uh, Fletch, I could be wrong, but I think, number one, he should have been fired on the spot for the first emails that come out. Number two, all the emails should have came out at the very beginning, just to make sure that this didn't drag along so what it seemed to me was whoever was leaking this information was trying to give the organization a chance to make the right decision and then when they didn't they let the rest go out is that kind of what you're feeling as well
1: now I love how you said it uh you 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 spoke that very well Clark I, I I think that's exactly what happened I do think that they uh the NFL gave the uh Vegas Raiders a chance to basically take care of it uh, and they didn't. They left the mess on the floor. Um, also, to a statement came out from the uh, owner of the Ravens, Mr. Davis, there, and uh, mentioned that uh, that it's in the NFL's hands or something along those lines. And and really just didn't take any ownership of the of the issue. Um, you know, didn't 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 discipline, didn't fire, did nothing essentially, and just sat back and said, "Hey, NFL, you take care of it." Uh, it kind of goes to his character. Um there's a lot of there's a lot to unpack here to be honest with you, if we really want to dive into it. I think we can. Uh I, I agree he should have been fired or at least reprimanded, uh, suspended, fined something for the first statement. Maybe not fine, but I think you could have at least suspended him for a game, uh, due to some type of uh, you know, I don't know. Was that conduct conduct detrimental? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Something, but the fact that we had to wait for these other emails to come out to find out, and I hate to say this, what type of human John Gruden has John Gruden has been has has portrayed to be uh, over the last decade at this point. I'm just gonna say that because I mean, what was it? Seven years worth of emails. We don't know how many. Emails, how many things were said, how many text messages even were sent along these lines, right? So the fact that the emails are probably just the surface of it, of letting us know who he is, or at least what he was doing. Maybe not who he is, because people make mistakes. But there are there is the pattern here, and whether that be uh, you know various different groups, whether it be uh, uh, the LGTB community, whether it be the black community. Um, you know a lot of offend, uh, offending was done um, and a lot of things can are not going to be forgotten um yeah, it's unfortunate, but I think the right thing was done as far as him not being in the league anymore. um, I do think he should have actually been fired though, and probably after the first email, I would have at least suspended him um if not fired him and after this came out, I would have just fired him and it wouldn't have been a resigning or parting none of that none of that he's he's fired so you know, I, I, that's how I take it. Clark, um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, necessarily what's next for the Raiders kind of sucks for them. Cause they were looking like they're on the up and up as a franchise. And especially this season, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I, I would, I'm going to stop there uh, cause I don't <laughs> want to say too much just cause it's a lot to impact. And there's a lot that we can rant about on this one, but I I will say, I'm glad that he's no longer in the league. If that There's no place for that.
0: Yeah. And especially for a league that over the last year or so has been trying to uh, put all these sayings on the field and the helmets and trying to yeah. push out all this crap uh, that shouldn't be there uh, for this to be there. Number one, it's, it's a true black eye. And ironically, that's exactly what their logo is uh, on the NFL itself. And like you said, there's no place for it. You're gone. Move on. Uh, hopefully they can find somebody else and really the owner Mark Davis really needs to look at himself because this was an organization that was the first to hire an African-American coach Uh, they were the first to hire a I believe it was a a female um, yeah assistant vice assistant coach or something along those lines so uh, his father Al Davis was uh, pushing for a lot of good changes in the NFL so Unfortunately, and hopefully he can learn from this, but based on how he handled the situation, it's it doesn't look good at this point, but hopefully they'll be able to find a good coach moving forward. This team has got some good pieces. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll see how they respond to it. Uh, Staying with that same line of thought, unfortunately, uh, the Washington football team uh at this point i think the nfl pa is asked the nfl to uh release all of the emails stemming from the washington football teams the organization's uh yep. dealings with and how they handle cheerleaders and how they handled the organization as a whole uh be very interesting to see what the nfl does in that situation i know even uh Derek carr had asked uh, the nfl to basically put all the email conversations from every single team out there. Uh unfortunately, we don't live in a perfect world and I had to if I had to guess, there's probably a few emails out there that don't want to see the light of day. no um, but at this point, we'll see, we'll keep a tabs on uh if that uh, plea with the NFL is figured out um with the NFL PA trying to get more information put out into the public eye. Uh, but let's finish on a good note here. Uh, The Washington football team actually did announce that they are going to retire Sean Taylor's number, number 21, something that I think you and I both agree should have been done years ago at this point. Uh, He was a tremendous player, unfortunately uh, was killed way, way too young, Uh, easily been a Hall of Famer in my book. He was a phenomenal player, one of the hardest hitting. I think he was a safety, correct? Yeah, sir. Um, yeah, he was one of the best to do it. So I'm glad to see uh, they are um, retiring his number. And one other really good thing, I'll, I'll give a uh, two golf claps to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're removing John Gruden's name from the Ring of Honor as well. So yep. kudos to them uh, doing the right thing. Uh, and quickly. Yes. Yeah, very quickly, we'll see if other teams react in certain ways. I know there was a post about a, uh, a, a certain someone on the Buffalo Bills Ring of Honor that may or may not be removed. It's been quite a while, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, do you know who that is?
1: Don't. Fill me in. He uh,
0: was a famous running back back in the day, he, and at one point he drove a Ford Bronco really slowly in a police chase.
1: Oh, that guy.
0: Yeah, he's in the ring of honor. So we'll, we'll see. I think they haven't done anything. I, I don't know if there's a big push for it, but in today's uh, today's society, who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that. Today's society has, a, has does have a role in this. Um, again, we don't want to open up too many cans of worms here, but... Um, I am glad that they are retiring Sean Taylor's jersey. That is a yes. uh, well-received accomplishment. I'm sure the Taylor family will be proud, uh, to say the least. I do think it's uh, long. Uh, it, it's been too long, but at the same time, we're glad it's happening. Kind of just uh, goes back to the uh, Washington organization, if you will, um, along with the email attachments. We'll, uh, you know what, Clark? I think we might need to deep dive into this at some point in time in our future, but yeah there's a there's a lot to unpack that i think we both may want to but this is too much to unpack mm-hmm. i think um but yeah it's shout out to sean taylor we'll end on that note right yes, <laughs> yes.
0: shout out to the man the myth and legend himself mr Sean absolutely taylor. So let's move on. Uh, Fletch, I will be giving you the floor. Obviously, we had a big fight this past weekend that you were going to talk more about last week until you had your yes. Apocalypse. Uh, so tell us. Tell us what you thought of the fight, and uh, we'll go from there.
1: So I'm going to just give it to the people blunt, Clark. This was the best fight I've personally ever seen. Right. Um, I've been been on this earth 30-some-odd uh, years, and i never seen a better fight i'll just be completely honest i've seen a lot of i've seen a lot of good fights um i've seen a lot of mayweather fights i've seen a lot of pacquiao fights i saw a lot of roy jones jr switching into his career as a kid um you know just these are just guys i grew up on those tend to be the names that stand out the most in the sport over the last 15 to 20 years um deontay wilder and tyson fury also being added to that list um The reason why I say this is the best fight I've ever seen is is from beginning to end, there were, first of all, not even from beginning to end, from before the fight, you had the first two fights to set this up, which you could say Fury won the first one. Some people believe it should have been a draw as it was called on the first one. It was okay with it being a draw. I don't think there was anything egregious there. The second fight. Fury handled his business. Let's just say that. He handled his business, knocked him out. And that's what led us to the third fight. And I told everybody this. If Wilder wins, there has to be a fourth. But something tells me that the, that there won't be a fourth because Tyson Fury is just too good. And he proved that much. He's just too good. Um, I think Deontay Wilder gave him everything he had. And I honestly believe Tyson Fury also gave Wilder back everything that he had, too. Uh, knockouts happen fast and quick. Wilder went down in the third, and everybody was like, oh my god, this fight is over. He gets back up, and Clark, man, off of pure fumes alone, I feel like. Instinct. No technique. not saying Fury has a... I mean, Wilder has a, a lot of technique anyways. No knock on him. It's just not him. He's a hell of a knockout puncher. He's a power puncher. and that right hand, I'll just be completely honest, it may kill men. It very well may. That's how hard he hits. When... <laughs> He was running off fumes and knocked out Fury twice in the fourth round. I completely lost it. I thought the fight was over. I picked Fury. I think you did too, right, Clark? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we, we both had Fury winning the fight, and I, I most did. Uh, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure people that bet on that fight and bet on Fury were shaking in their boots in round four. When, we, when I saw Fury hit the mat the first time, I'm like, okay, that was payback. When I saw him hit the mat the second time, I was like, okay. This is this this might be over very quickly. And I was surprised that he got back up as easily as he did. And then after that, man, we saw two guys equilibrium off fighting off pure heart and instinct and just skill and talent, not a lot of technique again, not 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 being super planned and precise. It was literally a slugfest. And at times, I ain't gonna lie to you just, you know, being a normal bodied human being and not a 6'9", 250, 50 plus pound person. I personally was very concerned for the well-being of both of these two gentlemen as they got it on in the ring. And um, I think Fury uh, or Fury put Wilder out of his misery in the 11th. After the knockdown in the 10th, everybody kind of sensed it might be the end might be closing in here. Uh, The card had Fury winning on all all three cards. And then he put him down with a devastating right hand there in the 11th round, man. And I'll be honest, I've never seen a man knocked out so cold in a while. Um, I didn't even see him move until they showed him sitting in the chair after the fight was over. Talking about Wilder. So, hell of a fight, man. Five knockouts total. Ended with a TKO. I'm glad the ref called it like he did. And didn't give Fury a chance or Wilder a chance to get up and do the count. It was when we saw him hit the mat everyone knew the fight was over um but it was a great fight the two put on a show uh i think wilder has nothing to be nothing to hold uh to uh put his head down about um i do believe he's the second best fighter in the at least in that division if not the world um and i think he should honestly if i was him after seeing that fight you have nothing left to prove neither one of you gentlemen do and i i'd be honest and, and, and i'm not gonna say i'm shocked if this is their last fight but if it was me and i was either one of these guys i may hang it up
0: yeah, and from all accounts, from what I've read around the, the world sports, it, it was definitely one of the greater fights that have happened in quite some time, if ever. Um, yes. I watched the last couple rounds uh, on uh, TV as well. And, yeah, it, you definitely, when you, that punch-out happened, it was, you just knew yeah. at that moment, like, okay. Yeah, but you can definitely tell, even the start of that round, that both of those fighters have been given it their all. Uh, oh, yeah, it was, it was just to the point where eventually someone was going to crack and uh, it was just Wilder's time to hit the mat. So definitely yep. uh, one of the better fights. I know we've got another big fight coming up a little bit later. I um, just want to keep an eye on that one for this one. Yes. definitely one of the better fights. And just like you mentioned, no one's really got anything else to uh, really prove at this point. But. I'm sure people would love to see them back in the ring, but
1: yeah, be a big payday too. The only thing I will say, the only thing holding us up is uh, what is it? Um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Usyk and Joshua Anthony Joshua. Uh, Yusick just beat Anthony Joshua, which was an upset. Joshua was supposed to fight Fury until the Wilder Fury three was announced, and now we were expecting to see a Joshua Fury fight for the title, because people, some people do believe Joshua may be able to beat Fury. I think after seeing Fury for the third time against Wilder, I beg to differ extremely strongly, and let's add to the fact that Joshua just lost to somebody that most don't know. Um... So it's it's a uh, that the heavyweight division is starting to become a little bit of a cluster or a power keg, if you will. It'll be something to watch for the future moving forward. We do have some big fights coming up in other divisions, but it is something at least to keep an eye on for uh, in the heavyweight division on how things are going to shake. Uh, moving forward so um you know any boxing fans or fighting fans in general i'm sure you know if you're anything like me you're excited at least for what's next for the heavyweight division um and just seeing how things are going to unfold after these two um had their instant classic
0: and, and lastly just to button this up uh fury has taught all of us that you don't need a beach bod in order to be a world champion so no, you don't you just have to punch really really hard. <laughs> Um, and take a punch. <laughs> take a punch as well. You're not wrong. Let's go ahead and move on, Fletch. I will give you the floor. Uh the NBA has started their preseason games. I think they're 5 or 6 games into it. Uh this or uh, so far. Um what are you seeing so far, not only in the preseason, but other yeah. news that's not- noteworthy at this point?
1: Yeah, man. Uh I'm happy. Uh it's this is what I call like the uh I don't know, the eclipse of sports. Reason why I say that is because soccer is obviously in full swing for all of our soccer fans, whether that be overseas or here in the states. Um, baseball is into the depth of their playoffs now with the with the uh, ALCS you know, locked in and ready to go tomorrow, uh Friday. And then also you have the NL uh game five is gonna happen right after or sometime tonight after our recording. By the time this is published and posted live, the winner of that, you know, will be over with. Uh football season is in full swing and then here we come with the basketball to kinda oh and I'm sorry. I left it out. Hockey's opening opening night started, I believe it was Tuesday, uh or yesterday possibly I believe. I think I saw Charles Barkley on T V with Wayne Gretzky. That's something to watch. Yeah,
0: Tuesday is when they started
1: Tuesday, okay. Appreciate it, and it's just uh, it's it's a good time, man. It's a good time. It's the best time of year for me, uh, in my opinion, for sports because everything is is in gear now. Um, so to to dive into this here, I have a little bit of I guess news and notes technically about basketball. The big two, the big storylines to start the season are Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving. Um, Clark, we've mentioned Ben Simmons quite quite a few times here on the podcast, um, as far as just since the playoffs, the things that have been said and then the um, possible trades that can happen and the rumors of these trades. We we heard about the Warriors. We've heard about the Kings. We've heard about um, the 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 uh, the Blazers, and now we're starting to hear about the Nets with Kyrie Irving involved. So I just want to mention that Ben Simmons has reported to camp. Doc Rivers b- believes that he will be playing um this season. I don't know if he'll play opening night, but if he doesn't play opening night, I'm sure he'll play during at least the first one or two weeks of the season. So you're getting that you're you're probably going to get a Ben Simmons in the Philly jersey at least one more chance um or one more time at least before the trade deadline at least. So that, that could last off season. We just don't know. We have to see how that plays out. He'll play. Ben Simmons has not given anyone a reason recently on why he won't play. Um Also, too, I think money's involved. I know that the Sixers owed him, I think it was like $8.5 million, and he wasn't going to get that unless he reported to camp, and now he's here and they got to pay him. It's kind of a a little bit of a situation, and also, too, kind of leading to a little bit of the NBA looking into some rule changes as well, along with the Kyrie Irving and the vaccination situation. So I want to kind of take a deep breath here because the headache that is Kyrie Irving has now reared his head yet yet again. I love Kyrie Irving, I'll be honest with you, Clark. I really do. I love him as a person because I think he's a smart individual. I think he does stand for something. And also love him as a basketball player. Because I mean, hell, he's a champion and he's a hell of a lot of fun to watch when he gets going. The problem is this is that and I and I'm and I'm echoing a little bit what Stephen A mentioned. And not, not just because of Stephen A. Smith and we know him. It's because of what he said and, and the things that I do agree with. You have a contract your contract uh, with the Brooklyn Nets had you playing basketball for X amount of years for X amount of dollars. You also were the first star to sign with the Brooklyn Nets as of lately, and you had a hand in bringing in two future Hall of Fame players in Kevin Durant and also James Harden. Not only that, you also kind of changed the landscape of the Brooklyn Nets because when you arrived on the team, the team was actually a very deep team that had a playoff berth with the with the uh, help of uh, uh, All-Star that season in D'Angelo Russell, uh, you had a very deep team with Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie, a lot, along with the other guys that are on that squad as well. So when you came in and kind of threw, nah, I wouldn't say throw a wrench in the plans, uh, but you kind of, you know, changed the, the, the dynamic of that franchise um, and created somewhat of a super team or a super team. I'm not going to say somewhat. You made a super team. And now it looks like you're just abandoning them to be a voice of the voiceless. Yet we haven't heard you actually speak, sir. How are you going to be a voice for the voiceless when you're not using your voice? And what exactly are we, are we, you know, protesting or uh, an outrage about? The NFL, as we all know, is is over 90 percent vaccinated, probably at this point, over 95 percent vaccinated And the NBA is on the same pace as well. I believe they're over 90 percent with most players being vaccinated and a lot of players publicly coming out and saying, you know, I did this for the well-being of my family and also for the sport. LeBron James is one that I mentioned, who's obviously still the face of basketball. So it's it's it it says a lot to me about the the actions of Kyrie Irving in this regard i think the i think it is selfish um i do think he should get vaccinated and play um you can't be all half in and half out and that's the reason why the nets decided hey well if you're not going to be vaccinated therefore you can't play in the state of new york where 41 plus of our games are because our home gym is here in brooklyn I mean, how are we going to be able to let you play on the road as well? we still got to play the Knicks who are in this state. Um, other states also have issues as well. So you're basically talking about Kyrie Irving not getting vaccinated and therefore not playing half the season and then possibly missing very, very important playoff games when the time comes as well. So, I mean, for him, man, I think he should make his mind up. There's been a lot of issues just over the past few years. He sat out a lot last year, not because of injury, but due to personal reasons. Um, this, to me, is another personal reason. And there's just a lot of personal reasons. I'll be honest, Clark, if I had had a lot of personal reasons and took off work I, this much, I don't think I personally would be employed um, by my employer currently. So that's just something that so, something I want to throw out there. I don't want to de- devalue or degrade Kyrie Irving or his beliefs in any way. But I do think this is somewhat selfish and I'm not necessarily a fan of it. Um, but those are the two big storylines coming into the season. Um, did you have any thoughts on the Ben Simmons or the Kyrie Irving sagas, if you will.
0: I will say with the Ben Simmons one, it was surprising that he did report because there was a lot of talk about his teammates trying to go back out to his home and he told them just to stay away, didn't want to talk to them. So uh, the the arrow was definitely pointing towards him not wanting to report and all of a sudden he kind of shows up and kind of caught people by surprise. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward now imagine he's all in but mm. not that long ago he was all out so right uh, we'll see what happens there and then as for the Kyrie Irving again yeah you know pick a side stay on that side it's it's kind of a you're, you're putting the organization in a tough bind just because they have to play by other people's rules and regulations it's just the nature everyone of the does team. right now
1: mm-hmm. right,
0: exactly so We'll see how that plays out. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Nets at this point you have to have plan A with them and plan B without them, and yep. it's, it's going to put them in a little bit of a bind. So we'll see how that plays out. And before we uh, move on from the NBA, I know you mentioned uh, off air that you wanted to potentially throw out some uh, picks for Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, yeah. What, what were those picks of yours?
1: Yes, sir. So we got a few things, man. I kind of just want to dive into the NBA kind of briefly. We kind of all I mean, the NBA season is so long, so it seems like it was just yesterday we were talking about the NBA finals. Um, but, I mean, here we are. Opening season starts October 19th. Um, I believe the first games are typically on TNT for anybody at home watching. Tune in. Um, I think opening, opening night is uh, Bucks, Nets, Lakers, uh, Warriors, if I'm not mistaken. Very good doubleheader to start the season off with the TNT crew, which is, you know, probably everybody's favorite. Um, in addition to that, we'll kind of talk about a few things here. First and foremost, I want to give some award predictions out. Um, you know some some preseason award predictions. We'll see if I'm right um, come uh, come April or May here when they roll these out. However, we'll kind of start off with the uh, MVP award. Um, I, I think this year, and this is partially due to the fact that I don't know if Kyrie Irving will play, but I'm going to get my MVP to Kevin Durant this year. Um, I, I something something about it this year just says this is Kevin Durant's year of like a it's almost like a takeover year for him. Um, and I mean the entire 2021 year, not so much this season. If you remember last year, he was probably the most impressive basketball player in the world when healthy from last season. Uh, he was a toe away from, from going to the conference finals and advancing past the champions, the eventual champion, uh, Milwaukee bucks, um, had a great series and then coming into this year not saying they're shorthanded because you still got James Harden and company, but at the same time, you don't have Kyrie anymore. You're not sure when you're going to get him back. Somebody has to shoulder the load. What we saw in the Olympics was a complete Kevin Durant, by the way, who played amazing uh, every single game, I felt like. And I think he's now the leader in, in points for USA basketball history. And, you know, just coming off the injuries, man, I mean... I don't think we've anybody seen. I don't think we've seen anybody come off the Achilles and play this well. Kobe averaged like twenty-seven off the Achilles, but it was a it, more of an inefficient twenty-seven, unfortunately, for the late great Kobe Bryant. In this case, Kevin Durant was just as efficient as he, as as efficient as he's always been. So for that reason, man, he's my MVP. Um, I do think Luka Doncic has a lot to say about it coming up this year. Nikola Jokic, Jokic, the reigning MVP, does as well. And then also too, I believe that you could possibly see somebody out of the. Uh, the uh, the bucks again like Giannis winning MVP, or somebody from um the clippers like Kawhi or paul george uh winning MVP as well i think this year you'll see a lot of uh great teams really vie for that top spot with the full training camp now the offseason season wasn't shortened like it was last year they are playing in their home gyms the fans are there it's uh kind of getting back to what we what we know uh so that's what he's my he's my mvp my rookie of the year, Clark. I'm making a change. I'm making a change. If everybody's remember, I had Kay Cunningham as my rookie of the year pick. I'm going Jalen Green now. I've seen enough. Nothing <laughs> just, wrong with that. Yeah, man. I kind of watched a little bit of preseason. <laughs> he seems like a seasoned pro out there at times. I'm rolling with Jalen Green, man. I think he fills it up this year. I think you'll see 20-plus points a game from him, if not close to that. I think he'll have a hell of a rookie season. I think Kay Cunningham will too. But something about this Jalen Green kid It screams professional to me already. Um, Coach of the year. Um, I'm going with Eric Spolster this time. Um, I think the addition of Kyle Lowry will help boost this team. But I think Spolster is going to do a hell of a job really helping these guys out and instead of just really showing up in the playoffs and all this nonsense of you know the the, how they played in the regular season last year and say tyler hero not being well and you're not having really really much cohesiveness uh throughout the season with a lot of injuries and COVID again nonsense as i like to say i don't think it was anyone to blame in miami but i think it just it was a hangover from the nba finals the year before in the bubble I think this year they write the ship. I think coach Bostra has a hell of a lot to do with it. I think he'll have his guys ready and prepared to play. You have big seasons as usual out of uh, Jimmy Butler. I think bam, will take another step as well. Bam out of bio, but I think Kyle Lowry's addition along with Eric Sposter really, you know, um, putting his stamp on this team again. And and I think they'll have a hell of a season. I think they'll surprise some people with how good they'll be this year. And then they're running for the title, Um, at least the Eastern Conference title, I believe. And last but not least, because I'm not going to get into six man of the year and most improved, I think that's really something to kind of talk about as the season progresses. It's really no way to predict that fairly, and I don't want to sit here and and do so. Uh, But I think defensive player of the year is something we can kind of talk about, and that's the last award that I'm going to predict. You want to roll with Draymond Green. Um, Draymond Green kind of gets a little slighted on the defensive side of things. Um, I don't know if it's because he plays for one of the best offices in basketball history. I don't know if it's because we see Rudy Gobert blocking an, an enormous amount of shots, uh, but Draymond Green changes how you approach the game. Rudy Gobert has weaknesses on defense. Uh, ben Simmons has weaknesses on defense. These are the other two finalists from last year. Draymond Green, I'm just going to be frank, I don't think he really has a weakness on defense. There are some things he may, be, he may, be, he may do, do better On the defensive side of things and other things, but overall, there's no weaknesses and teams have to game plan around that. And I think with the addition of Clay Thompson coming back this year, along with the with the uh, the team. Having another year to build more chemistry with a lot of these young guys. Um, I think that's going to say a lot with what Golden State does this year and getting back to being not only a, a a great offensive team, but a great defensive team. When people forget how good Clay Thompson is on the defensive side of the ball, that's not going to do anything but help. Um, cause Giannis, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid, and, uh, and, um, who's the other guy, uh, uh, Rudy Gobert, they've they they were they've been in the running for defensive player of the years and have won defensive player of the years, the, not just because of how great they are defensively, but how great their teams are defensively. And I think Draymond now is going to see uh, possibly another award with having some defensive help back and the team being whole again, if you will. Uh, so those are my preseason awards. Uh, we've kind of talked about a little bit of the storylines that we have so far with the Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving situation. Um, just to kind of go a uh, little bit further into that, you have the Lakers storyline as well with Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony, just a notable names that are now in Tinseltown. Uh, you have the Bucks coming back to see if they can claim their title again or or, or, uh, or um, I should say defend their title. You have the Suns, who some people think are a fraud from last year because they, ha- they got – you know, a lot of injuries along the way from their opponents uh, up until the up until the finals. So people don't think they are as good as what they seem last year. Um, so you have a lot of a lot of good things happening in the league right now. And a lot of teams, I think, are going to be looking to make that next step and uh, really show how good they are. So I'm excited about this season. Um, I, I did want to ask you just, Clark, is there anything this season that you're just excited to see?
0: Uh, Really, at this point, uh, what I'm kind of looking forward to in the NBA is just to see uh, really what the Lakers can do. And I'm not really a big Lakers fan. I grew up being a a Chicago Bulls fan myself. But Mm -hmm. uh, I I mean, it's the show. It's it's the lights. It's it's L.A. Uh, You always want to see how well or how badly they can do. Can Anthony Davis play an entire season fully healthy No, Mm -hmm. it probably won't happen. He's going to be injured at some point in time. Uh, How much of a a load will LeBron have to shoulder yet again? Can uh, other teams rise up yet again um, and potentially take them down? Uh, But Mm -hmm. I'm also very interested, and I've always been, for his very short career so far, I've always been excited to watch Luka Doncic play. He's just one of the more exciting players to watch. (laughs) Um, Like you said, he's a potential MVP candidate year in and year out. What he did in the Olympics for a team that never got that far and what he did with them is extremely impressive. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we'll see how that goes along. I did have a couple... Other news for the NBA, there was a couple of prospects that are going straight to the G League. Uh, One such player was a top Chinese prospect. uh, Zhang will go straight to the G League as well. I think there's another one from Australia. So they've seen what Jalen Green did. He went straight to the G League. How much better he's looked compared to college athletes uh, Mm -hmm. by going to the G League. Uh, This is a trend. We'll see just how many more will follow this path. But uh, as of right now, we're definitely seeing some of the higher end prospects go that way. Uh, Maybe it's for money, but if they're smart, it's for getting to play with NBA ready players um, and get just a little bit faster. Uh, towards the NBA, so yep. we'll see how that affects college basketball. And speaking of college basketball, just a quick note: this Friday is Big Blue Nation at 7 p.m., as well as North Carolina's uh, television debut. Not that I'm actually going to play, but it's just kind of an open practice for the media. Um, so it is right like around the corner. Yeah, it's 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 right around the corner. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. Uh, Let's go ahead and move forward to the MLB. Uh, Obviously the preseason or the postseason at this point, we are down to three of the final four teams. We have uh, Boston handling their way through the Yankees and, kind of surprising some people by handling the Tampa Bay Rays after losing the first game of the series and winning three straight to move on to the ALCS. And then the Astros handle business against the White Sox, and they will play, I think it's their fifth straight ALCS appearance. Uh, So it should be a great series between those two teams. Uh, The Braves survived against the Brew crew. Uh, They will be uh, waiting for tonight's game. Like you mentioned, at 9 o'clock, we'll be having game five. What else? I mean, the two best teams playing in a winner-go-home scenario. It is a must-see TV. Uh, I've got the Giants at home in this one. Uh, Who do you have, Fletch?
1: I got the Dodgers tonight. Ooh, okay. I think they pull it off.
0: We shall see. I would like to see the, the Giants. I've been a big Puster Posey fan myself. Uh, nice. He, they have the way they played this year. After having a tremendously bad year last year, to just uh, ex, just destroying all expectations at this point. Would love to see them move on to the Final Four. But we will see what happens, and we will talk about that next week. There are some news and notes in the MLB. Uh, one big one is the White are the uh, Cardinals manager. Uh, actually got let go today after helping the team win 17 straight and basically lock themselves into a postseason bid. Uh, he is let go. The organization said it was because of philosophical differences. Uh, sure, yeah, that's that's <laughs> fine. We'll see what else you can figure out there. But uh, unfortunately, he is on his way out. Uh, now let's go ahead. And before we go into college football for this week, let's thank our Uh, Wonderful sponsor. Legit framing. Again, you know you've got stuff that you want framed. You've got a manor and or woman cave that you want to show off to your friends when they come over and watch the game on that big screen television in the basement that you had set up, and you've got this all decked out. But... What about your memorabilia they don't want to show off going into the closet and just kind of going rack by rack and ooh, looky here that's fancy and ah, it doesn't even look great but get it framed put it on the wall great conversation pieces and legit framing is just for you uh if you're wanting a free quote simply go to facebook.com slash legit framing or send us an email at legit framing at hotmail.com again a nice wood frame styrene front uh double-matted player photos, team photos. We can even put a plaque, maybe your favorite cards in there, your personal photos, whatever it is, we can get it done. Again, if you're looking for a free quote, simply reach out to us either via Facebook, facebook.com slash legitframing, or send us an email at legitframing at hotmail.com. Legitframing, create your next conversation piece. Now we will get into the wacky world of college football. And like this, it is this weekend was an absolutely phenomenal weekend for college football. I will say this. I tried my best, uh, to stay awake for the entire Alabama, Texas a and M game. I actually took about a half an hour nap and woke up just in time to last, see the last three minutes of that game, which, Hey, I saw the ending. Don't yep. judge. Uh, but an absolutely phenomenal game. Uh, I believe Calzada, uh, Played his life away. He was a phenomenal play uh, at quarterback. Even when he got hurt, he came back, and every single time he dropped back to pass, and he would look like he was fading away from his throw. It was just perfectly placed. Alabama's defense was exposed in this one, they could not yeah. stop anything. Uh, So they have lost, and they are not the number one team in the nation anymore. Uh, Now number one is Georgia, who handled business against Auburn last week. At number two, Iowa won the big game against Penn State, a game that early on it was kind of all Penn State. Uh, Sean Clifford was playing a great game, and even though he did have some uh, turnovers here and there, it was a little bit more of a defensive battle, but you could tell that the momentum was always on Penn State's side up until Mm -hmm. Sean Clifford got hurt, and unfortunately that happened. And then that's when they just couldn't move the ball at all. Uh, Iowa played great defense, did exactly what they needed to do. Uh, They got the win. They're moving up to number two. Cincinnati obviously is at number three. They handled business on Friday night against Temple. Oklahoma, uh, yes, they're number four, but my goodness, they – survived another one. I don't know how they do it. This time around, Spencer Rattler did not look good whatsoever in that first half. I believe they were down 28 to three at the half, I believe was the Mm -hmm. score. And then they brought in freshman Caleb Williams and lo and behold, he can play a little bit. He went out there, (laughs) threw for (laughs) 212 yards, threw a couple touchdowns along with 86 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. he, Led this team back from does nothing. The entire momentum was on their side the entire second half. Some big runs from the running back as well. They survived in a game that Texas had. And I believe, uh, just a little bit of a spoiler alert, might want to watch out this week because I think they're going to be thinking about what happened and what they had last week. But Oklahoma survives. We'll see what happens there. We'll talk about them here in a minute, about that quarterback situation Uh, At number five, Alabama fell to that spot. Ohio State won. They moved up to number six. Penn State fell back to number seven. Michigan jumps up to number eight. Oregon, on a bye last week, fell back one spot to number nine. And Michigan State, with the BYU loss and their win, moved up to number ten. And, Fletch, I want to get your two cents on this top ten. Is there anybody in this top ten, maybe positioning within the top ten, or maybe just outside the top ten, that you think should be in, or maybe should be rearranged a bit?
1: Yes, actually, I'm glad you asked. I would take Kentucky over Oregon right now. Um, I think Michigan State. You slide them up to nine, right behind Michigan. You take Oregon, put them at eleven. I think Kentucky should be your number ten team in the nation. Again, I'm I'm probably being picky, but I, I that's just how I view it. I think Kentucky's playing really good field ball right now, and I think the uh, the uh, win that they had. Uh, this past week, or really the last two weeks, if you kind of look at who they've played, uh, I think says a lot about that team. You beat a Florida team uh, by a touchdown, you come, come around and Handle business against LSU uh, I, I think there's a lot to be said about this Kentucky team. It's not your usual Kentucky football team We're not used to big blue nation being good this time of year. We normally wait for uh, You know, November December January for that uh, But at the same time, this is uh good for college football that you're seeing that but at the same time I will be the only thing that I would change in my top ten uh, as of right now at least
0: not a uh, I, I agree. It's You could easily put those in there. Obviously, Oregon does still have the nice win against Ohio State that continues to look better and better as Ohio State moves up. And just as the Big Ten in general is the first time in the history of the Big Ten or the history of the AP poll that five Big Ten teams are in the top ten. Uh, yep. Tremendous work, but keep this in mind. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State still have to play one another. So uh, this will change Very rapidly, obviously two weeks from this Saturday is when Ohio State plays Penn State, which will be the last game that they have before the polls come out for the college football playoffs, which will be Uh, Tuesday, November 2nd. So Ohio State, unfortunately, only has two games since they're on a bye this week to impress the committee. Uh, Other teams should have three remaining. I don't remember their schedules, but uh, again, if you're a team that still needs to impress the committee, Getting a nice ranked win on your resume definitely helps. Um, And let's go ahead and jump to the biggest game this week, which is number 11, Kentucky, versus number 1, Georgia. Yes, sir. uh, Surprisingly, I took a look at this game and did a little deep dive. And the first thing that shocked me is Georgia has a 21.5 point just advantage here in the spread. What? I... I know both teams play very good defense. Obviously, Georgia is probably much, much better at this point. Both offenses can struggle at times. Stinson Bennett is still the cornerback for Georgia, with JT Daniels still injured. And Kentucky still not quite overly great, at least on the offensive side of the football. But both defenses are very, very good. Kentucky's only given up 17.5 points on average per game, whereas Georgia's given up a slim 5.5 at this point. And I believe there's a, a there's a stat out there, and I don't remember the exact first number, but I believe Georgia scored two, either 239 points on the season, and only given up 39. I mean, they've only given up 39 points all season wow. long. They have just been dominant. It's just the spread itself is what kind of shocked me on this one. I think it would be, I thought it would be a little bit closer, but the way Georgia has been handling their business against ranked opponents in the last several weeks, against Arkansas and Auburn this past week. It would not shock me if they went out there and dominated yet again. Uh, exactly. Hopefully this is a much closer game, maybe something in the range of a 17-13 game, maybe a 13-9 to 9 game, something real defensively. But Fletch, <laughs> I see you shaking your head over there. What, what do you got? <coughs>
1: Uh, really quick to good stat on that It was 33 points they've given up so far This season um, Georgia has reason why I mention that is this The spread against Arkansas And they were number 8 at the time The spread was 18 I think Arkansas Is probably, I don't know we don't know who's better between Arkansas and Kentucky at this point. However, Arkansas was to believe at that point a really good football team They had some really good rank wins on their schedule um, with Texas and, I believe, A&M. Um, I might have that wrong. We'll, we'll fact-check that here shortly. However, I just don't see anybody, anybody that they play for the rest of the season, at least on their, reg- on their regular season schedule, scoring more than 10 points on Georgia. Um, I'm expecting somewhere along the lines of, like, 38 to 7 30 10 38 to 10 um, I, I'm going over on the spread If I'm a betting man, I do think they win by more than three touchdowns. I think they'll win by four four touchdowns at, at least um, I just think they're too good man, and I really truly believe their head and shoulders I would not say head and shoulders above everybody else, but I do think that's the best team in football We saw Alabama's flaws and weaknesses. I don't believe Georgia's offensive flaws are to be worried about whereas a defensive flaw is to be worried about. Georgia has probably it's eleven guys that play defense. I would not be surprised if ten of these guys are drafted on uh, in, within the first two two to three rounds. I just I wouldn't be shocked. This defense is elite. I think Iowa being a number two probably has the second best defense in the country, and I would love to see that in the playoff. But at the same time, right now I think I think Georgia will wipe the floor with Auburn excuse me, uh, uh, not Auburn. They did that last week. They wiped the floor with Kentucky. I think they'll handle business against Florida. And Clark, have you seen Georgia's schedule toward the end of the season?
0: Yeah, it should be pretty easy going, if I'm not Upcake mistaken.
1: Upcake schedule. There's yeah. one SEC opponent. Ap- no, I'm sorry. Oh, that's disrespectful to the Missouri. There's two SEC. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. There's two SEC opponents after Florida. It's Missouri and Tennessee, and after that they're done. They're actually done with SEC play as of uh, November 13th. November 20th they play Charleston Southern, and then they play Georgia Tech to finish the year. And who knows? They see an SEC title game. Just you know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I don't see Georgia falling at all to anyone unless it is the SEC title game. And they say run against an Alabama team that's out seeking revenge. Um, this is going to have a lot to say about the college football playoff if Georgia can run the table. But I think they handle business this weekend.
0: Yeah, and just like you mentioned of how dominant that defense is when you're playing that well offensively. You just have to run the ball and just continue to hold the position. You don't need Stinson Bennett to really throw the ball that much, especially how good that defense is. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Again, a very highly rated game. And I think that's going to be a 3:30 game on CBS over in Sanford stadium. Um, the only other ranked game this week would be undefeated Oklahoma state at number 12 versus the 25th team in Texas. And again, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I've got Oklahoma State winning this game. It's just because Texas had the win in their hands. I think they were celebrating at halftime, and they let it slip away, and I don't think that feeling is going to go away this week. I think they're going to just get caught in a trance and get beat at home yet again, maybe maybe in a similar fashion as well. I know, obviously, Oklahoma State is not quite the same as Oklahoma we'll see what happens there uh with Bedlam a little bit later on but for right now I've got Texas losing this game are you feeling the same way
1: yeah I think so um I like I actually like Texas this year I think the running back is phenomenal over there beyond B. John Robinson um I don't know. I, I just have a feeling, kind of like you said, it's kind of a—I say a trap game because it's a really good opponent in Oklahoma State. But I just, something about Texas, man, it's like mentally they got a little bit of a roadblock to get over. We'll, we'll see how they do this weekend. I'm, I'll say this. I'm rooting for them to win, but I, I just don't see it, um, just being a realist about it. But I agree with you there.
0: Yeah. And uh, let's go ahead and finish off of the schedule. Do you see any other games that are potential – uh, good games or maybe even potential trap games for uh this coming weekend?
1: Baylor, BYU. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I actually have Baylor winning.
0: I, I would agree. I think when I looked at the entire schedule, I think that was the one trap game because yeah. BYU lost last week. I think it kind of caught them by surprise and Baylor's plays pretty well. This is no give me game here. And I In think at home. BYU is going to go into Baylor and just kind of struggle there a little bit. I I agree with you. I think Baylor's going to pull the upset there. Uh, The rest of the way, there's not really too much. Obviously, we see Cincinnati versus UCF. They should be able to handle business at home. Uh, We have Iowa playing Purdue. I think that's going to be a a great game for them just to get healthy and get right and feel good once again about being the number two team in the nation. Um, But beyond that, hopefully there's some good games this weekend. Uh, Oh, yeah. But we will keep an eye. And again, if you're the committee, uh, some of these top teams, I know some of them in the uh, social media has talked about, you know, what does Cincinnati need to do in order to make the playoffs or what is Alabama or Oklahoma? At this point, the committee is looking at Cincinnati and saying, hey, now I'm gonna need, you have to do two things. You have to win out. Pretty simple. And, and you have to look good doing it because there's yep. only one ranked team left on your resume at this point. I don't even think they're ranked at this point, which would be SMU. Uh, they are. 23rd. They are ranked twenty third. Okay, so they could potentially be a little bit higher by the time that happens, but we'll be getting into our playoff rankings before that time comes. Um, as for Oklahoma, I I don't know what they got to do. They just got to keep winning at this point. Win the Big Twelve, it might be enough. They've got it, hopefully. And we'll let's get into them a little bit. Uh, I had mentioned with the quarterback situation, uh, there was a report that when Caleb Williams scored his first touchdown in the second half of that game against Texas, that Spencer Rattler was not overly thrilled for his teammate. And then their reports came out that Spencer Rattler is potentially, I think there was one report that mentioned that he had actually left the team for a hot minute and then was talked back onto the team. But I think there is a good chance that he will, jump into the transfer portal uh, either sometime during the season or at the end of the season. Uh, it's it's unfortunate for someone that was supposed to be uh, the Heisman Trophy frontrunner heading into the season. He was supposed to be very, very good. Yes, he's had some down games, but this was your chance to see that, hey, your competition's right there. You need to step up to the plate and be able to handle it, and he is running, running away at least from what I can tell on the reports, which is very unfortunate at this point. But for Oklahoma, Caleb Williams looks uh, absolutely amazing. Maybe we'll see mm-hmm. a different Oklahoma team moving forward if they do go with Caleb Williams moving forward. And again, they need to start, they need to continue to win, but also start looking like a more complete team. They haven't quite put it all together quite yet, except for maybe some would say maybe the second half against Texas is where they really put it together uh, and got the great win on the road. And then for Alabama at this point, uh, number one, you got to win out and you're going to get in the SEC championship game and then you got to beat Georgia. It's that simple. And then you should be in as well. But we'll see what happens. Like we mentioned, the Big Ten still has a lot of teams yet to play one another. Uh, We still have another three weeks before the playoff committee makes their first rankings. And we'll have a much clearer idea of what teams actually have a chance at this point. Um, Like I mentioned with the committee, it's all about making a statement right here, right now, and showing the committee just how good your team is so they can better understand how to properly rank you. Um, simple enough. Fletch, anything <laughs> else before we move on to the NFL?
1: No, I mean, you kind of hit on it, man. The playoff is going to be very interesting when they come out with the uh, the rankings here in a few weeks. We'll see what kind of mayhem happens between now <laughs> and then. Uh, just a couple things I'm looking at, man. Um, the... Uh, Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, I just want to mention this. Um, they is very, and I don't know who's old enough to remember this. I remember this. This is like my first couple years of getting into college football as just a kid. Um, remember Ohio State's run to the title when they beat Miami? Mm-hmm. They squeaked past almost every team. And I remember a game-winning touchdown, actually, Chris Gamble, I believe, caught against Purdue with seconds remaining to chance. win that game. Jenkins, I'm sorry. Yes, good point. Um, man, it's 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 feeling like that. Like we know you're a good team, but you 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 flirt you flirt with losing every time you get into these close games. You always have to come back. To be honest with you, it makes for a I think a season team. I'm not really a big Oklahoma fan. I I think they're a little overrated, and that might be why is because they keep struggling with these teams. And it, who, who's who? They maybe they just can't get out of their own way. It could be just, uh, you know, Rattler not really living up to the hype as well. Um, it could also have something to do with that defense being poor as usual. It, it's interesting. Um, I think if they run the, it, I'm not gonna say I think. If they run the table, they're making the playoff. I'll say that. But you have wins against Texas. You would also have a win against a, right now, a 12-ranked Oklahoma State team. By the time you play Baylor, they probably will be ranked. Um, and then you have the Big Ten t- Big 12 title game that's probably Going to be against either Oklahoma State, Baylor Or Texas at this point um, I'm not ready to write them off yet um, So we'll wait and see We'll just wait and see on these guys I just want to mention margin of victory In every single game except Who is, who is WCU by the way Is that Western Carolina? Yep. Yes. Outside of Western Carolina They've won every game by only one score
0: it's uh, it's a good point that for years past definitely was a team like Ohio State, like you mentioned, uh, that kind of had to fight their way every single week. And it was never truly clear. Uh, and I've talked about that in years past with the committee. Uh, unfortunately, with this committee and the way they look at things comparatively to how the BCS worked um Unfortunately, they don't look at it quite the same way unless there is right. a part of their team like they have a historic defense or a historic offense to where they can really hang their hat on, even though, and we've seen that in years past with a team uh, that had a historic offense, but their defense was just terrible, but yet they just kept winning games, kind of like what Oklahoma's kind of doing now uh, in a small little comparison there. But unfortunately, getting Buy is not really what the committee is typically looking for, but right. we'll see what happens with the Big Ten. Obviously, they're going to beat each other up at some point, so I was going to have to beat one of those four teams that's also ranked. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, we don't know if Cincinnati's going to be able to run the table as well. We don't know if Alabama is going to be able to run the table um, or if they end up being a two-loss team if they face Georgia in, this, in the championship game uh, for the SEC. So there's plenty of opportunities for Oklahoma to get their uh, stuff together and, and find themselves a spot, especially we'll see what kind of team if Caleb Williams is the actual starting quarterback, I believe they will be a much more complete team. Maybe not defensively, but if they show the committee that they can be super consistent on offense, especially with Caleb Williams now at the helm, yeah, I, I would totally agree with you that run the table, you got still got Oklahoma State, Bedlam at the end of the year. Uh, you're kind of half hoping that Texas starts getting more wins because they're going to soon not be ranked. Uh, so that game may not be held up, but if Baylor gets ranked, uh, they could add some uh, flair with this at this point, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I, yeah. I would You're going to have to have their offense get back together because if they continue to have Rattler out there and their offense looks like they did in the first half against uh, the Red River rivalry game, uh, committee is probably not going to view them well just because they don't know how good they could be if they actually put in a better quarterback at this yeah. point. <clears throat> So that was a good point. Like I said, we'll, after this week, we'll have a little bit easier and a little bit better idea of exactly what's going on, uh, usually do every single week. Let us go ahead and move on to the NFL. Here is the schedule. As you can see it, I chose not to do the Australian version this time for those who uh, don't like to wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning and watch it on 7Mate TV. Um <laughs> So you can see the listing here. Tonight's game, you have the Buccaneers versus the Eagles. On Monday night, we have the Bills versus Tennessee. Obviously, each and every single week, we pick six of these games, typically some of the better ones, maybe a couple of the bad ones, and we try to pick the winners each and every single week. So let's go ahead and jump into the pick six. Uh, on my side, I've actually screwed up the records. The records are actually 19 and 11 for me. You are 17 and 13. You're still two picks behind at this point. We both went four and two last week. Uh, we're getting there. We're, we're slowly moving on. I like to separate myself a little bit, but you just keep holding on. Um, so let's go ahead and go into these games. First game on the docket, I've actually pushed or put all of my picks out there as you can see it on YouTube. Uh, but for the podcast, I will uh, talk about them individually. First game, Broncos, Raiders. Obviously, we talked about the, Ra- or the Raiders losing their head coach. Their team is kind of in disarray at this point. They started off, I believe it was 3-0 and and then lost the last two games. Um, they have struggled quite a bit. And the Broncos uh, got Teddy Bridgewater back, looked much better. Cortland Sutton looked great once again. Uh, they will soon to have Jerry Judy back, but not this week. This week, I've got the Broncos winning this game. I think the tailspin for the Raiders will continue moving forward. Fletch, who do you got?
1: The same, and it really for the same reasons. Um, the Broncos are a good team. I think they are dealing with a lot more than just football right now. Um, for that reason, I'm going to go with the Broncos.
0: Can't complain with that pick either. Now, next game that you picked for us, the 1-4 Dolphins versus the 0-5 Jaguars. The over in london so 9 nine thirty a.m start time here uh obviously we have two very bad teams a defense that was so good last year for the dolphins they have not lived up to expectations this season and then you have the jaguars that were bad last year uh they're bad this year i think they've lost 20 straight games dating back to last year after winning the first game of the season uh they've rattled off 20 straight losses uh their running game has improved they've allowed uh james robinson to just really take care of the offense at this point but trevor lawrence being a rookie quarterback continues to have issues here and there uh for this one uh i like tua led dolphins winning this one over in london uh fletch who do you got
1: the time is here clark trevor lawrence gets his first win
0: ah you're calling it finally a win
1: yep the Jags are <laughs> gonna get it done it's 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 right. It's just right. They've lost a lot of games in a row. They've, we've, we're have a week removed from the Urban Meyer saga. Um, I'm sure that that's kind of under the rug with John Gruden now being in the forefront. You're in London. You're not even on American soil. The game's at 9.30 in the morning. The Dolphins are, don't look good right now. It's Tua's first game back. I don't know, man. It just feels right. Let's go with the Jags.
0: And I, I partially agree with you because the Dolphins' defense is just so, so bad. But I will say if the Jaguars can finally win for the first time in 20 straight games, it's because it's technically a home game for them. The owner has been trying to put the Jaguars over in Europe for quite some time. And just yeah. a little side note, the NFL is trying to also get a home game over in Germany uh, yep. as well. Uh, It was actually the best place in Europe because back when NFL Europe was actually a thing. Germany was the last place that had some teams playing because it was the most popular sport at the time. So there is a little bit of history there. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Next game on our pick six, we have the Chargers versus the Ravens. The Ravens, a tremendous game in the second half. Finally put it together. Lamar Jackson Probably his career best passing wise, 85 percent completion percentage helped lead the Ravens back and overtime against the Colts. And as for the Chargers, uh, well, you know, they they just in a scoring fest against the Cleveland Browns, Austin Eckler was once carried into the end zone last week. So this should be a much high, another high scoring game against these two teams in a shootout. I have the Fighting Herberts winning this one. Who
1: do you got? <laughs> That's a good one. It, it It's very tough to pick against Lamar Jackson lately, uh, but I am going to go with the Chargers as you are. Um, I do think the overall, both teams are really good. Something about this Chargers passing attack, though, even though I know Lamar played well last week, the Chargers have been doing this since week one. I, I just think they perform very well, and I think they get it done. I think we get a close one, somewhat of a shootout. High-scoring game, I think the Chargers pulled it off, though.
0: Yeah, and we saw last week with the Ravens, they got off to a slow start, even though it was a, an above-average defense against the Colts. But that slow start, you can't do that against a high-scoring offense like the Chargers and expect to win. But it, they're going to put up a fight. Lamar Jackson's going to run the football. They got nobody else to run the football, so they're going to continue mm-hmm. to throw. We'll see a much more uh, a growing of his passing ability. But we both have the Chargers moving forward. Next pick, we have the undefeated Arizona Cardinals versus the Cleveland Browns. Like I mentioned, uh, the Cardinals continue to just win games. There is some a little bit of a report that Kyler Murray's right shoulder is a little bit dinged up. Not enough for him to miss the game, but something to keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, As for the Browns, a team that can put up some points, can definitely run the ball. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb looked phenomenal, even though they did not practice today. So we'll keep that in mind. But I've got the Cardinals staying undefeated. It's just one of those years that this is that one team that just continues to win games, even though maybe some of them you shouldn't. This might be one of those. They're going to Cleveland. They get the win. Fletch, do you agree?
1: Um, Actually, I don't. Uh, we're going to go with the Cleveland Browns <laughs> on this one. Um, no practice means fresh legs for me. <laughs> I don't think that I don't I'm not worried too much about their injuries, but and I understand completely why you put the cards uh, I do think they're probably they're playing the best football right now overall um, I know last week wasn't like a spectacular performance, but they got the job done um, I'm gonna go with the Browns though, man I mean, I think let me just double check. I want to say yeah, they're at home's four o'clock game should be a good game though um, I'm excited to see this one as well um so yeah, but this time I am going to go with the I am going to go with the Cleveland Browns. I think they get it done this week. I think Baker has a good bounce back week as well.
0: Agreed. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a higher scoring game. Maybe something similar that you saw uh, when they played uh, played uh, the Chargers last week. Right. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But another game that you can catch up on me if the Browns do happen to win. Our fifth game is the Minnesota Vikings going against the Carolina Panthers. The Vikings have struggled on offense I think part of it is because Dalvin Cook being out with the bum ankle all reports he's practiced the past two weeks so he is expected potentially to play unless he has another setback Uh, Alexander Madison has filled in quite nicely there but they haven't really thrived offensively like we've seen them in the past. Uh, They'll be going against the Carolina Panthers that have a very young but very talented defense, and unfortunately at this point, reports are saying that Christian McCaffrey is only a 50-50 chance of playing on Sunday. Uh, Doesn't seem real positive that he will get back this week, but uh, Sam Darnold, even though he had a bad week last week, uh, will potentially uh, try and get back on track this week. Uh, But for this one, I've got the Vikings winning on the road. I think it's going to be a very close game, especially if Dalvin Cook is able to play. I think he helps carry the load. Uh, Fletch, who do you got?
1: Yes, sir. I have the Vikings uh, as well. Um, I think it'll be a good game as well. Great great point that you mentioned about Carolina's defense. I do think the Vikings offense does enough for them to win. Um, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings on this one.
0: I like it a lot. And then for our last game, it is the Monday night game. We have. The uh, Buffalo Bills going on the road to Tennessee Titans. Uh, The Titans defense is just literally in shambles at this point. But good news is their top two receivers are on pace to come back. That's both A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. So hopefully the offense can get going and not allow. I mean, they're fine with King Henry running it for 30 plus times a game at this point. He had three touchdowns last week. I know that for fantasy purposes, it, it hurt. And I'm fine. I survived. I don't, I mean, I didn't win, but, you know, that's what happens when you face King Henry. Uh, As for the Buffalo Bills, their defense is probably the best in the league, if not one of the best Uh, offensively. They haven't, the scary part is they haven't quite seen to put it together yet from what we saw last season, but maybe they don't have to, just how good the defense is. Uh, For this one, I have the Bills winning this one. Fletch, who do you got?
1: Yes, sir. I think I think we're both going to be on the bills on this one, man. I, I, I just I think they're a hell of a team right now and they're they're playing lights out. Tennessee's kind of struggling, dealing with some injuries. I think it's a good game. though. it's a good bounce back game for Tennessee. Um, nothing against them. I think they'll have a great game. And uh, but I just think the bills are a little bit too much right now. So I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills.
0: Agreed. And if you want to play along as well to simply put all your picks in the comments somewhere along the lines, either our uh, social media platforms or in the comment of this video as well. And we will add you to the list. I've actually added two or three people at this point. So continue to put out your picks. We'll see how well you can do against us. There is plenty of time to catch up Uh, again as you can see our records wise. We're not really setting the world on fire with these picks, but Uh, So there's still time to catch up. Uh, Last but not least, let's go ahead and finish off this podcast with our NFL top 10 rankings. Uh, I will start things off at number 10. I have the Carolina Panthers at number 10. Uh, I I know there's a team. I saw your number 10. That's going to be my number 11 team just because I don't believe in their defense. Uh, But tell us who your number 10 team is.
1: Yeah, I got the Titans. I'm kinda like you. I had the Panthers kind of really close, but I got the Titans there at number ten. I think they've uh started to kind of turn some things around. I think you'll see that team really improve. It kind of sucks their matchup this week. So they may not be here for long, but at the same time, I do think um they're they're starting to write this ship and you're seeing the Titans of last year. Slowly but surely. Once they get these guys healthy again and get some more games under their belt, we'll see how that goes. But so I got the Titans here at ten.
0: And Just like you said, if they can get that defense to kind of get turned around, the offensive running game is always there. Um, So they just got to get that defense going, and they potentially crack the top 10. Um, Moving forward at my number nine, I have the Cleveland Browns. After losing last week and giving up a ton of points, they have fallen all the way to number nine for me. At number nine, who you got?
1: Yes, sir. Who I have here at number nine is I got the Packers. Actually, um, I I I feel like I had them a little. Yeah, I had them last week at eight. I dropped them down to nine just with a tough performance. Um, I do think that they probably could have lost that game last week, but it was a good Bengals team and they did play well and they ended up winning the game. So I can't take too much away from them. So I'm going to put them here at number nine. I
0: like it. Moving on to number eight, I have the Dallas Cowboys, probably one of the more complete teams out there. Uh, and Travion Diggs is just lighting the world on fire as a rookie at this point, and their offense is so balanced. Uh, well, they could probably treat be trapeze artists at this point. They are doing some really nice things, maybe not great for fantasy purposes, but definitely doing some good things on the offensive side of the football. At number eight, who do you got?
1: Yes, sir. We got the Cleveland Browns at number eight. Actually, um, they 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 were number five for me last week. Took a little bit of a step back with that loss of the Chargers. No knock on them. I just think once we once you hear who my five, six, and seven are, you probably understand why I had to slide them back. It's just natural uh, taking a step back, and um, you know with with the loss that they had this week. So very good game they played. I think they'll be just fine moving forward. But I do have them sliding back to eight. Agreed.
0: And when you look at the standings themselves, I believe there are four or seven, four and one teams in the NFL right now, obviously, with uh, the eighth being the five and zero Cardinals. So uh, you're going to have some of these teams that are three and two that uh, maybe even the four and ones that maybe should be a little bit higher. But it's kind of hard to put them there just because of how good other teams are at number seven. I have the Baltimore Ravens. I have moved them up in my rankings. Uh, they, I think, they were ten last week for me. They put on quite a show in that second half. They would be <laughs> a little bit higher had they actually played a full game instead of just waiting for the second half. at Number seven. <laughs> True. Who do you got?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I actually have the Dallas Cowboys. Um, <coughs> they, they've been. Uh, they were number number ten last week. They put on a show against the Giants this past week. Um, I mean, they they look like a well-oiled machine on offense and defensively. They actually look good, and I'm loving what I'm seeing out that cornerback digs there. I mean, I know he's a rookie, but he's looking like the best defensive player in in the entire league right now. He's just every game. It's almost you could bet on a pick from him. So we'll see what he has to store next game for us. But overall, the Cowboys have been a really good team. I got him here at seven.
0: And I saw a very interesting article about him the other day, or actually, I think earlier today that. He, when he went to Alabama, they transitioned him from a wide receiver to a defensive uh, player, something no that wonder. he did not want to do, but he called his cousin, some guy named Stephon Diggs, called <laughs> him, and Stephon Diggs gave him some great life advice of saying, uh, you're good enough to play on defense, just do it, and lo and behold... Uh, again, just like you mentioned, he might be the best defensive player in the NFL right now. So something that definitely worked out for him. At number six, I have the Green Bay Packers, a team that you're not quite nice. as high on. But being 4-1, and one, you're going to be up towards the top of this list. Obviously, I didn't play the greatest game against Cincinnati. But Cincinnati is actually a pretty good team that could probably be my number 12 or 13 team at this point. Uh, who do you have at number six?
1: Yeah, I like that pick. I really do. But I have the Chargers at number six. Um, they've been playing well all season. I believe they're also four and one, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And and they just took down the Browns, which is a hell of a feat right now. As well as the Browns have been playing, uh, even offensively last week, the Browns had a great game. I mean, they, I think it was forty-two points, so it was a it was a shootout. Uh, but there was a little bit of defense involved here and there in spots, and you know they got some. Both teams got timely stops. A lot of that chaos of the scoring didn't really happen until the fourth quarter. Um, but overall, man, hell of a game. I gotta hand it to the Chargers. They're looking very, very good. Actually, looking like the class of the AFC West, and Herbert's looking like an MVP candidate.
0: Agreed, and they are playing some very, very good football right now. At number five, a team that you just mentioned, I agree with all those points. That's why I have them one spot higher. They are playing nice. great football. Yes, defensively they're not quite there yet, but being four and one in that offense, being a much more complete with the passing game and the running game, and they really don't even need uh, Ken or Keenan Allen to really lead the way because Mike Williams finally learned how to fall without injuring himself. <laughs> Uh, he finally did it, and he is looking like uh, the early season MVP, especially for fantasy purposes. I believe he is. In Very PBR, true. we are the second overall receiver behind Cooper Cup at number five. Who do you got?
1: We got a great matchup this weekend. I got Ravens at five, who play the number six Chargers. On my, at least on my list. So uh, Ravens, I, I, I got to give it to these guys. I understand why you have them a little lower because it just you can't take that long to get it rolling, right? But at the same time, again, Lamar Jackson coming through in the clutch. Very tough win, uh, got it done, and here we are again. You got another tough game in front of you, Lamar. I know I picked the Chargers to win this game. Um, I, something about them, I think, can you know they 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 can do enough to beat the Ravens if the Ravens start slow again. I think that might be too much for them. Uh, they're not the Colts. The Colts played well that game, but I, don't, I think if you get behind against the Chargers like that, the Chargers are going to punish you. Uh, but I, right now, I do have the Ravens fifth. Defensively, they've been very good when they needed to be. Um, and then offensively, obviously you got Lamar Jackson and company and let's, 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 let's give a little bit of shout out, not so much as to his passing, but also Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown has been balling this season. I just want to throw him, throw him a shout out. Um, and also shout out to Mark Andrews for helping me win my fantasy game this week. That was, (laughs) that was amazing. Um, especially going against Jonathan Taylor. I, I, I wasn't seeing, I didn't see that happen at all. And then the fourth quarter and overtime happened. And, uh, yeah, Mark Andrews blessed me this week. However, I got my Ravens here at five.
0: Yeah, and he blessed a lot of different uh, fantasy teams this past week with his Monday Night Miracle. There was one story on Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Uh, They talked about one of their fans saying that they were up 80 points heading into Monday night, and they lost by a single point because the other team had Mark Andrews and I believe Lamar Jackson. So it literally took overtime, a bunch of touchdowns, a bunch of receptions and yardage, but they've lost even though they were up 80 points. I cannot imagine... Uh, that they're playing fantasy football after this year. Uh, (laughs) But moving on to number four, I have the Buffalo Bills here. Uh, Could be one of the higher teams. I still like them at number four. I've kept them at number four. Uh, Again, uh, I I could easily move them up and down at this point, but I think the four teams that I've got ranked here, they're just really, really good. So it's going to have to take quite an effort to actually get into the top four or move within the top four at this point. But I have a number four. At number four, who do you got?
1: I'm not mad. at. I think we probably had the same four, just a different order, man. At my number four right now, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Love them. They look good. Um, I'm just keeping them in the same spot as last week. I don't think there's any change uh, between the top three for me um, from last week to this week. So I'm going to stick with the Bucs here at four.
0: And let's go ahead and reveal your top three. As you mentioned, they did yeah. not change whatsoever, which I'm totally fine with. At number three, you have the <laughs> L.A. Rams. At number two, you have the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. And at number one, you have my number four overall team, the Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah. Any reason that they didn't change or just, just hasn't shown anything to really change them at this point?
1: That I think that's what it is. It's it's hard, though, when I get to these four teams. Because, like, the Browns, okay, they were my five last week. They lost. So I literally just slid the Ravens up, um, you know, due to the fact that they won. Same thing with the Chargers. They slid up because they won. And, you know, sometimes you jump some teams like the Cowboys. They've had a well enough performance. I could have kept them behind the Packers. But, you know, uh, just, just going back to these four teams, the reason why I'm kind of torn is the Cards beat the Rams. But I did have the Cards in front of the Rams, um last week I, uh, I can't recall who the cards beat but nonetheless all four of these teams won and they played well. Apparently the thing with the, the
0: Niners last week.
1: Thank you. I was like I can't remember who they beat last <laughs> week. I know they I know they bounced back. Um Yeah, or or, uh, I can't can't remember who the Cardinals beat. I only beat the Rams two weeks ago, so that's the reason why I I had them behind the Rams in the first place, and the Rams beat the Bucks. That's the reason why I have these teams in this order. The thing with the Bills, though, they haven't faced any of these teams, but what they've been doing to everybody they've been playing has been much more impressive than anything else I've seen so far this season at least. Um, So I'm curious to see what they do against better teams, but at the same time, I do think that at this point um, there's no stopping Josh Allen, and you're not scoring on that defense. Um, at least for right now things can change but as of today I just don't see those things happening so for that reason that's my one two and three Um, again two beat three three beat four and one it just looks like number one for me right now
0: yeah and that's kind of the reason why I have the Bills at number four at this point their only loss was the first game of the year against the Steelers but then they played the Dolphins the Washington football team the Texans and then the Chiefs that has been struggling this year, the two and three Chiefs. So Uh nothing overly impressive at this point. Uh, They do play the Titans this week, which could be probably the best run offense that they'll face all season long. Uh, So we'll see if that happens. But then the next three games after that, Dolphins, Jaguars, Jets, nothing. I mean, they shouldn't (laughs) lose or really give up any points at that time to any of those teams. So, Again, unfortunately, just the way that the schedule is panning out for them, there's not really any great competition until maybe you could look at the – really the Buccaneers, which is much later in the season and then potentially the Panthers the week afterward. But their schedule is weak this year. But besides the Steelers in week one, they've handled their business and looked great doing it. So uh, we'll see what happens against these lesser teams. They continue to dominate like they have. And the other teams beating each other up, like we'll see with the Rams versus the Cardinals and the Buccaneers potentially facing off maybe against some tougher teams of the NFC, they may have a chance to move up. As for my top three, I have the Buccaneers at three, I have the Rams at two, and then the undefeated Arizona Cardinals at number one. Nice. Uh, My top four unchanged at this point. Only number five is really the only big change uh, at this time. And like I said, just kind of the same points you mentioned, haven't really done anything to really move around. Um, Obviously, we'll see the Cardinals and the Rams play each other again this year. Uh, The Buccaneers will be tested at some point this year. Obviously, the Panthers are still a decent team. The Saints might get better once they have Michael Thomas back. Their defense is still pretty good. Um, But uh, for the Buffalo Bills, they just have to keep winning, and they look dominant, and it wouldn't surprise me if I finally catch up with you that day. <laughs> been number one spot, but as for now, you'll I get need there. To see them play someone of contest or of content something. It was, yeah. hopefully it was going to be the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have struggled quite a bit this year. Uh, but we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. But that is our top ten for this week, Fletch. Another great show in the books. That was number you twelve. We'll be doing number 13 next week. Uh, Anything else before we sign off for the day?
1: Not at all, but before the next time you see us, we will have a uh, final four uh, for baseball in the thick of things. If a sweep doesn't happen, hopefully it doesn't. I hate sweeps. Uh, We'll have NBA uh, actually regular season started. Um, And then obviously you'll have another week of college football, another week uh, of NFL football and a little bit closer to some big fights coming up. So I'm excited, man. Like I said, it's like the eclipse of sports right now. And, um, Beautiful time of year.
0: <laughs> exactly, and just like with anything else, when it comes to color, when it comes to sports in general, uh, the news headlines will always give us something to talk about. Uh, as Brilliant. for now, uh, that is Fletch. My name is Clark Heron, aka the Harry Hobo, and we're out.
1: Peace.